everyone, and welcome to the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. I'm Sean Maloney in the st- 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 studio with Sam Worthington, who's always alongside, and coming into the fold once more, it is Stephen Hoyles. Wow, Hoyles, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man, Sam Worthington. It's been a crazy, it's been a crazy week. You know what? And you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to just talk about rugby. We're going to talk about Australia v England because I'm sick to death at what else has happened off the field. What has been a, a very large week, Shawnee. Glad to see your, your new show, The Other Rugby Show, has got up and running finally. And, and yeah, we were a little bit surprised at the English winning that first test, but you've got to pay credit where credit's due. The Wallabies' first 20 minutes was outstanding. I didn't think the English would keep up, but not only did they keep up, they turned it around in a really good performance. Did we maybe underestimate the fact that England have had so much rugby um, since the World Cup and Australia have not? Is that, I mean, in hindsight, uh, was that always going to be a bit of a banana skin game for the Wallabies, do you think? Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it, Sammy? <laughs> I've got it, though. I'm going to use it. Yeah, the hindsight. We, we did. And, and as I said, sitting in the stands on Saturday night after 20 minutes, I just thought the English can't keep up. We started so well. We were playing short balls and getting through the line we're playing balls behind the line and getting around them and um you know we just didn't unfortunately we didn't get our kick up our goals and we that crucial um no try to Bernard Foley that that was a huge turning point in the game and the English they they just do what they do really well they just managed to grind out take um points when they got down there and before you know it they got that lucky try just before half time and somehow they went into half time with the lead the Wallabies scored four tries to three, so that's the big positive for them, isn't it? I mean, it's not like England played them off the park or anything. Like they say, they, they took all their points, and, and, and discipline's going to be the, the key factor, isn't it, tidying up all, the, all those penalties they gave away? It was a little bit loose on occasion. They got hammered, didn't they? get hammered by the boot of the English kicker. That was amazing, his performance, striping them at one after the other. But back to your point, Halsey, about the falling no try. Uh, poor Rory Arnold just found himself all caught up in the wrong spot. And that was a 17-point swing, right? So... Australia go in there, maybe Bernie kicks a goal, make it seven, another seven to the Aussies. They then concede 10 straight, 17 points. That's a lot of the test level to come back from. Yeah, it's hard for big Rory Arnold to hide there. Like, I, you know, <laughs> six foot 10, how do you get out of the way? But, you know, the defender played it perfectly and looked as though he made it look as though he was genuinely obstructed, but he made the wrong call in that, in that read there. But um, you can argue about that. And everyone's got a different opinion on that. That's what's interesting about the obstruction rule. We see it in rugby league, but... I thought no try. You've got to be able to reward good play and punish poor decisions. But, um, yeah, huge turning point from there. I, I was really um, – you said discipline. That was the big one for the Wallabies. And that is probably something, you know, French referee hadn't pl- been playing under super rugby referees, that sort of thing. Different interpretations never never makes things easy. But I was really impressed with the English's work on the ball. You know, we heard so much about the World Cup, about Pocock and Hooper and – how good they can get over the ball and, and get a steal. But the English through Haskell, Vunapulo, these guys, Atoje, all these guys, like they were over the ball like George Smith. Funnily enough, he's been yep. helping them out in the Six Nations, old Georgie. Yeah, exactly right. And, um, yeah, we saw his influence certainly on, on Haskell. And I, I just didn't think Haskell had that sort of game in. And, I mean, with all due respect, he's a, a bit of a journeyman, isn't he? Like a good, solid good solid player. But uh, I, I, he came out here and played super rugby and didn't set that on, on, on fire. But he was just amazing. I think he made 22 tackles and, and was in absolutely everything. He's an enormous unit. He's, he's groundskeeper Willie Chisel. He's massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he Seems like a top bloke as He well. jumped in the he's lift with me. We were staying at the same hotel as the uh, English. Jumped in the lift with me and there wasn't a whole lot of room to move because he's 
just such an enormous, you know, you know when you can see a real big deal, like the insides of their insides of their buyers. Very veiny. Vein, but yeah. on the inside of the buy, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And it, it just the big bulge. Yeah. He's a weapon, and he was awesome the other night. Well, you know what? The sign of a good side is when you've got senior – I've always said this – when you've got senior players who have been around a while playing really good rugby. And and I compare back to when the Waratahs won the Super Rugby final. That was Palu, Palotanao, Ashley Cooper. That was their best seasons of Super Rugby. So that's what I say. A good coach comes in and players get enthused. And if – you're a coach. The easiest people to coach are the 20-year-olds because they physically develop along the way and they improve and they get confident. But the hardest ones to improve are the ones that have been around, as you said, a journeyman. And um, you know, with you know the new coaching structure they've got there, he's he's obviously playing and enjoying his rugby, and, and you can see. How scared should we be of this uh, New England? Of course, they're talking it up now, but they do have a lot of good young kids, don't they? Atoje and George Ford and, and these guys. I, I don't. I think it's uh, far too premature to start uh, handing the, the world order. Over to England, but um, what I mean, I, what I like about it is it took me back to two thousand and three when you began through as that game progressed the other night to start disliking some of the players in the team because of the niggle room. I mean, you go back to the likes of Johnson, Hill, Delalio, back all those guys, terrific footballers and great at the niggle as well. Thompson, you found yourself as a youngster kind of cheering against them. You got you know it's almost they played that villain tag really that was well. So chirpy on Saturday, weren't they? Like, that's that's about as chirpy as I've seen it. That was yeah, I found a that rugby team. They were just chatting away back slapping and it was good I mean that's exactly what they should have done and they sort of gained the the good uh, psychic energy to use a Murray Mix dead term well the scary thing about the uh, the English system is that for so long you know they've got a, their own competition with you know, they've got about 30 professional teams over there they've got the premiership and they've got the division two so their numbers and their resources and the money that the RFU have is you know so much bigger than the ARUs and we've always punched well above our weight but when you see an English program and they finally get their act together and it looks like they have you know coaches they've got in there, the infrastructure, the budget, all that sort of stuff. Eddie Jones gets what he wants. Uh, that's one of the strengths to his coaching. And they get all these players and they start seeing the improvement in the club comp. And, you know, yeah, they're going to be an improved team going into 2019. Dylan Hartley as well. I mean, he, he led that just good aggressive chip on the, on the shoulder stuff. And it seems like he's, you know, got rid of the, the muck in his game. Um, I mean, maybe it'll come back. Maybe they can goad him into something, but he, he seems like a, a perfect sort of lead from the front leader that they need after the World Cup disaster just to, to refresh their, their team. Well, it's probably too early to say. Like, if he's got a very tarred background and he's, you know, he's spent a lot of time suspended and whatnot. But again, he's a senior player. He's would been you try and get under his skin a few oh, in the world? Oh, most you certainly. Or what, sort of, what sort of tricks would you try oh, and Oh, I'm not giving away here, Sam. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it certainly would. Like, and that would, be, that would be half the fun of the game. Like, try and... Um, agitate a player like that because it's, it's in his nature and, and you haven't seen him um, under pressure yet. So, But you'd probably say he's he's learnt from his mistakes. You got any tricks? What did you pull off on the shoot shield? To <sighs> I was always I was just sniping. I was a sniper at the bottom of the rack. But I was big on the chat too. I love chatting and I love choosing my moments to chat and scrum time was always the best because you'd have 18 men, including the ref, in close proximity. So if you could land a good sledge at scrum time, Mate, you it's are... It's a knockout blow, really. Oh, it's it? forget about yeah. it. You yeah. can't come back. Yeah. Because if it's a really good one, the guy's teammates laugh, laugh with that. you. That's the best result. No, that's the end of it. And you get multiple laughs. Multiple laughs. Both teams. Different coloured jersey laughs. Yeah, exactly. That's and then, what, yeah. If you're at the front of that, so if Dylan Hartley's getting laughed at, he looks around, he's <laughs> angry at Toje, and Haskell's angry at... And then you, they're splintered, so that's what they need to do. You're <laughs> right, sure. Laugh is the best medicine. Just yeah. laugh, just, just laugh. Yeah.
It, the world, um, there's not enough laughter in rugby. I've thought that for a long time, Sean. Certainly this week. Good point. <laughs> um, and I think laughter is the best medicine. It's good to see you smiling. Your Shout out to laugh. Man. It's taken him 15 minutes, but he's finally smiling again, Stephen Hoyles. So uh, this week, how do the Wallabies turn it around? What do they need to do? Better Sam Worthington, then the Hoyles, then we'll talk New Zealand v uh, Wales in a moment. And then uh, prior to that, South Africa v Ireland. What are they going to do better? Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think they played particularly bad. It's their first test of the season. There was always going to be a bit of rust there. They actually started remarkably well, catching everything and, and, and looking a million bucks. Sometimes um, when teams make a hot start, they, they struggle to sustain that. So I don't think there's too much they need to fix. They scored more tries than England. They created a lot of stuff, which they'll be happy with. Um, but yeah, I think the, the breakdown and, um, and discipline are certainly the, the two key areas. Bernard Foley um, will probably kick better than he, than he did as well. I'm sure he'll, he'll sort that out. Um, Scott Seo obviously has to w work on the scrum a little bit. I'm, I'm confident that he can do that with Ledesma there. I think they'll get that sorted out. So, yeah, I see no reason why they can't uh, bounce back in Melbourne. Yeah, I, I suppose on a technical aspect, maybe the fact they were going very lateral early, they were going around the English, and, and it did. You saw what the tries they scored, they did get on the outside of them. But I'd probably like to see them, you know, you always talk about you've got to earn the right to go wide, and I think the Wallabies will, be, will benefit a little bit more from just a little bit more direct running. We saw a lot of our forwards catching, passing out the back, and I'd probably like to see in those moments the forwards playing through the middle, similar to what the Waratahs did against the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, because that if you play through the middle and sides are starting to drift on you, you will find spaces in and around the ruck, and Hooper's very good at identifying that. So I'd like to see the forwards play a little bit more direct, and depending on who the number 12 is for the Wallabies, they've probably got to then pick their moments when to go out the back. Okay, uh, how do you guys see the role of the number eight changing now that Pocock is out? Yeah, well, you can't obviously replace Pocock. He's got the you know best breakdown skills in the world, so you can forget about trying to replace him there. So I think it's a collective effort. Um, backs, obviously, just as important at the breakdown. doesn't matter who it is. It's whoever gets there first has to do the job at the breakdown. They're probably... Adam Ashley Cooper was always very good at that as well, so that's probably an area that... Uh, that they're missing a little bit. So, yeah, you, you can't replace Pocock. Um, that, that's pointless. So they're going to have to do it collectively and everyone, you know, try and chip in with a, with a steal here or there, I guess. Well, if you wanted a like-for-like, like like, you'd bring in Liam Gill because yeah, he's just as good in a different way to, to Dave Pocock over the ball. Probably not as big and strong because of his stature, but he's just as creative and crafty over the ball. So um, I'd be surprised if Sean McMahon doesn't get that start and he deserves a start. And, and that gives us another dimension, what we might lose a little bit on the ball. We, we gain in a dynamic, you know, tackle-busting ball runner. And we didn't have a huge amount of individual tackle busts from our forwards on the weekend. So I'm looking for McMahon. He's, he deserves a start. He's been the best ball running forward in Super Rugby. Tell you a man who can bust tackles. Our man, DHP, Dane Haylett-Petty. Yeah, Petty. wasn't he good on the left? Oh, what a night? debut. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that because we've all seen the quality he's had in the Western Force in a really tough couple of seasons. Uh, and people were sort of umming and ahhing, should he get there? And he's got perfect position to put him on the left wing because he's got a really good left foot, left step as well. Uh, his decisions on when to kick and he found space just in little kicks. He gets minimal space down the short side and stays in, always bumps someone off. So excellent debut for him and he looked really he looked at home in that test jersey. I said it since day one. Mm. Very similar for mine in the terms of his body movement in contact uh, as to Ben Smith, the All Blacks vice captain. Yeah, yeah, very Do you know similar. what I mean? Yeah. Strong through the hips. Yeah. Touch of Corey yeah. Jane Swivel as well. Hips. Just a natural footballer and knowing, natural. like you say, when to, when to kick, when to pass. Yeah. And he looked just so composed, didn't he? Like he went ah. all his, all and his life. And, and he'll 
be loving the fact that he's in the side, surrounded by the, you know, Israel Falau's his fullback. He's got Kurandrani inside him. Like he's in the best team in the country, and he hasn't been in a, a great, successful side for a while. So he'll improve. He'll be great this year. It's only one game, so you don't want to get too carried away. But I think long term, he's probably the, the fullback for the Wallabies, isn't even Falau in the centres, like looking down the track. Hard to say. Yeah, very hard to say. I, I like the fact that Izzy's been able to play 13, and I, I'd still consider him in, the, in 13 in Test jerseys, have him in the front line in attack, and put him at you know, full back in defence, let him get those counter-attacks. But, um, you know, Rob Horn is a, a centre by trade who's found his way into the Wallaby side as a winger and done really well. So players at, at this level need to be able to play multiple positions and that's how our team, that's how our team keeps opposition guessing. By, you know, Halepetti start one, start a play at full back, easy at 13. You can play around with it, you need to. Okay, now we move our attention away from England and Australia to South Africa, where Ireland, yeah, Ireland defeated the Blitzbocker oh, for the yeah. first time ever in... Uh, South Africa, the pipes, the pipes are calling. Danny yeah. boy. Yeah, it was like, that's awesome. I that think was massive. 13 yeah, all half time. Yeah. 14 men for 60 minutes. Yeah, Stunder, the South African born background got sent off early. And that was pretty harsh it's as ridiculous. well. Like, yeah. And the amount of time it took to come up with that decision, seriously, like. And now he's got, an extra, he's got an extra week on top of that. He's missed, really? he's missed the game and now he's got an extra week on top of that. I tell you, like the, the how this he judicial process works it. in. Test rugby and all sorts of rugby, it's a sham. It really is. The bloke jumped up. If he didn't hit his head on the bloke's hip, he doesn't get knocked out. So the, you, they've got to stop judging incidents by the end result. The result. Yep. Exactly. Like it's like when someone has a push and shove and a punch gets thrown and a punch misses. If he that punch connects and the bloke's out for six weeks and the bloke gets eight weeks. So you can't start you can't keep doing that. You've just got to make the decision based on the outcome. I mean out in the Process, not different decisions for different, different needs. Needs, yeah. It's great that they're um, treating player safety so seriously, of course. But yeah, it's just it's just getting ridiculous, isn't it? They're um, if they're really treating player safety well, video. they wouldn't they wouldn't allow to run. Like it's a <laughs> contact game; people are going to get hurt. Yeah. I can hardly get out get out of bed every morning, Sam, and that's the decision I made. That's and Sean, right. he's the same. That's like, right. You understand the. Sorry to hear that, boys. That's okay. Dick that's knees, okay. Yeah. dicky knees. Yeah. That's horrible. I can't break into any house because my knees and ankles. Dicky knees. So that was a big. That was a big result. Awesome That's for huge. rugby. Awesome for rugby. Yeah. Um, that made it two from two. The only side to fall short in terms of a northern hemisphere down in the southern hemisphere was Wales. And now we go to our good friend, our very dear friend, Scotty Stevenson over there in NZ. Scotty, how did it all play out in Auckland? Tell you what, let's get back to that in a second, but let's start with the Chiefs last night in Cowtown, the city of the future, the Tron, <laughs> uh, led by Stephen Donald with 35 minutes of super rugby time under the belt this season, 32 years old. He cramped up for 15 minutes of the second half, did not to tackle. First touch of the ball was the famous Stephen Donald head fake show and go to set up Brad Weber for a try. Uh, and then he left the field at 68 minutes, hardly able to walk to a standing ovation. When they pumped up when he left the field, it was almost. Were they, so were they ring? So were they ringing the? You know, the, when the in the old days of the Chiefs, um, they used to ring yeah. the cowbell, the Mulus. Were yeah. they ringing cowbells like the old days? Not so many cowbells in the Chiefs these days because the franchise has expanded from purely Waikato to encompass the great regions of counties Monaco, Thames Valley, Taranaki, and Bay of Plenty. But uh, there were cowbells ringing in spirit. Right. Whatever happened to the chainsaw man that used to loop behind the post? Oh, he, he wore a beaver <laughs> hat. He wore. Hey, speaking of beaver, possum, possum hat. Possum. And he had. Yeah, the, it was possum. He revved the chainsaw when you were taking a conversion attempt. Visiting yeah, team. No, he was. He was New Zealand's Laurie Nichols. 
possum, and uh, that's right. Even had a cherry picker. I was going to say, uh, he was up on the wood. cherry picker, and <laughs> he almost didn't want to yeah. score a try down that end of the field. You just thought he was going to come <laughs> after you. No. The possum and finally, Osh got, got the better of him. Osh got the better of uh, him on spatial safety and health, and uh, that was the end of that. That was, that was a disaster waiting to happen. A half-cut bloke in a possum hat wielding a, a steel <laughs> chainsaw. I think he knew the risk he was getting himself into. I, I think <laughs> if he had it his way, he'd still be there. <laughs> Hey, that but, was on a, on, a, on a serious note. On a se- how how demoralising for Warren Gatland. He he agrees to play a game on his home track where he played a hundred odd games for Waikato. He brings his Welsh team out. They get absolutely fisted by the Chiefs. And where do they go from there? Where do they go from there? I don't know, but I just hope. I hope that that is not the end of the midweek touring game because it is one of the great concepts around rugby. We saw it in 2013 when the Lions came through uh, here, and I know it's a tradition they did it when they, I remember seeing them, Sumo, play against uh, against the Manawatu Turbos when they were MPC2 oh, yeah. back in 05. Uh, they oh, got yeah. dusted by 100, but everyone had a wow of a time, you know, and it's you such know, a good the, part the, of it. Well, mate, the Lions are here next year. They've got to do that five times. Yeah. They've got to play every New Zealand Super Rugby team plus the New Zealand Māori team. Screw that. And the New Zealand Barbarians team. What? Good they're luck. They're playing every Super Rugby team. Sumo, we'll let you go, but I'd love to get you back next week because it's always such a great pleasure to get your recap on Game 2 between New Zealand and Wales. Do us a favour, Brisley, and keep your eye across Australia v England and no doubt you'll be watching some of the other tidbits from around the world. We love you. I love you guys. Yep, thanks again, Suma. And that wraps up another episode of the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. On behalf of Sam Worthington, Stephen Halls at Sean Maloney saying, do yourself a favour and watch Fox Sports Rugby's newly created Hour of Rugby TV. <laughs> Kicking off with the other rugby show, then rolling on into Rugby 360.